Hello everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of He's a Kiefer, our tenth episode. Ooh. We've been doing this for a bit now. It's the deck. We got our first we got our first guest on. So I'm Zachary LaDuc. I'm Jane Cron. I'm the guest, Dante Regeer. Hey. Thanks for joining us, Dante. Yeah, no problem. So today we're going to be talking about Truth or Consequences New Mexico, or Truth or Consequences NM as it is styled. Yeah, because yeah, I think you got to make you got to make an important distinction. This is an actual town yes. in real life. Um, Kiefer did not invent this town. This was not made. You know, this is not made up. Truth or Consequences, real place. But he did direct this movie. That is he something did. he did do. Mm-hmm. This is our Which... first ever. Kiefer directed film that we've watched. Yeah, and I'm gonna be real with you. Uh huh. It was a great movie. It was a good movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't know I, about y'all, but this yeah. was like the gem that we've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could. Hmm. I'm trying to th- like. I want to see it again in like several months. Yeah. To see if it holds up on a secondary viewing, but on a first viewing, yeah, this is this is exactly like. It's fine. It's a great, like, it's a good movie. It's a fun time. Um, we both enjoyed it a lot more than pretty much every other movie we've yeah. watched. Yeah, I wasn't actively bored or, like, rubbing my fingers on my temples or anything like that with this one. So that was nice. Yeah, it was definitely the first one where I just I just didn't tab out of it. I just, like, mm-hmm. watched the whole movie at yeah. once, which was, can't be, can't say the same thing about you know any of the other movies <laughs> yeah. except for lost boys right yeah, even boys that one okay. uh, that one chugged boys. a bit yeah that's fair this one i think our big thing was that we were sitting there um the we'll we'll do a plot summary in a second yeah but like the kind of the the end of i guess the first act but the, about halfway through the movie there's this big resolution and we were like, oh, okay, you know, there's going to be, like, another 20 minutes. And then we, like, yeah. check the time and we're like, oh, we're an hour in. We're, like, 50 minutes into this <laughs> hour and 45 minute long movie. Aha, yeah. I see. Like, I, ha- I have written in my notes, how am I only 40 minutes in? This movie, it starts off really, really fast. And then from there, it's just, it is slow. And I don't, and that's not a bad thing. It, it's, it's not slow in a bad way. It's just like it's, it's a, a road trip movie. Yeah, yeah. it really is. A, it's a road trip movie, but it, it's just a little bit. I can see it being a bit misleading that you'd like go into it. There's this amazing shootout because what happens? There's Raymond. Everybody loves him. He just got out of prison eight months ago. His girlfriend says, "I love you," and then they decide Kiefer and him they hit up this guy who he he basically took the fall for. Um when he went to Raymond took the fall for when he went to prison. And so then they, everybody's really confused as to what's going on in this movie at all times. Yeah. But they basically get some drugs. Um, they leave and, but they end up like shooting cops cause it, it goes wrong. And so then they're going to go and try and sell these drugs to the drug dealer. They, um, end up capturing this couple and bring them along uh, they go on, they get in this giant RV and that's where the like, you know, that's where the real road trip begins yeah. in this movie. Um, then they get to Las Vegas and they go to the guy they wanted to do the deal with. And then the, the guy who they wanted to do a deal with is like, aha, those were my drugs the whole time. And they're like, oh, 
<laughs> I guess we have. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and then Kiefer kills that guy, and then they just—they're just, just kind of like, I don't know what to do. Let's just let's just go to Raymond's brother's house, I guess. And then they go there to do a deal there, and then that deal doesn't work out, and then the movie's over. Mean, yeah. And so you know, there's there's a couple subplots in this movie. There's a couple of couple of things going on like the uh marcus that's his name right the, the one that that's the, not kiefer or raymond the undercover cop mm-hmm. yeah 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 he's he's an undercover cop that's all i was gonna say um, yeah and yeah. so he's trying to save the hostages like get them free at times and then the because the hostages are like this young couple and the male is just this mm. jerk it's just like, yeah, guns are cool. How you dare you, great. Gordon, is the best character in this movie. <laughs> this is the hill I will fight and no. die on. Gordon is incredible. Gordon's the worst. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's just, just kind of like, gun violence is cool, I guess. And then his, his, it's his wife, right? His wife. No, is it's his, his girlfriend. Oh, see, I wasn't sure if they were referring to her as his girlfriend because, like, they were just, they're just like, like mean criminals who just call people like, oh, that's your girlfriend when it's like clearly his wife is a way of demeaning his masculinity. Let's talk I- about Kiefer's directing in this movie before we like talk about actual like, before we talk about the content. I want to talk about. Yeah. What, what'd you think of it? Um, it, there wasn't anything that particularly stood out to me as like stylistic, but there also wasn't anything that stood out to me as bad. Like movies yeah. that we've watched in the past, they have like, like, like movies like Crazy Moon. It's been there's definitely a lot of problems. Just came down to the actors just didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't feel that with this movie, but it also didn't feel like anything stood out to me. Yeah, like it was, it was the generic directing, but it wasn't like it wasn't a bad generic directing. Like, yeah, it, it was serviceable. It got the job done. Um, yeah, over like. Like it, it was, I know Kiefer obviously knows movies, but it's not explicitly aping. I mean, other than obviously this movie is a Tarantino ripoff. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> through and through. But I think that's more of the script than Kiefer's direction. Yeah. What, Dante, what do you think of the directing? Um, like I was just very relieved that... Kiefer wasn't abysmal at it. Yeah. I was just... Because I like Kiefer, and I didn't want to, like, have to admit to myself that he's actually just awful at directing. He he, he was okay behind the camera. Yeah. I think it's... He wasn't trying to show off, but, like, he mm-hmm. didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Although there was this one point where, like, Martin Sheen gets introduced, and he's, like, kind of this big boogeyman. Mm. And the, the lighting is, like, really kind of, like, from horror cinema almost, the way, like, yeah. shadows are used. It, that was a little bit overwrought, I thought, but... To be fair, it Martin Sheen on his own, not that... Intim- he, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. really strike me as Especially... the big hitman guy. Especially by, like, 1997, where he's just kind of, like, he has become old Martin Sheen, and he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm just here like, now. Like, he very much just is just Charlie Sheen's dad at that point. Yeah, Not I mean, he, he was on the West Wing. 
Yeah, as like I mean, the president. He's a, but like, yeah, he's the president. He's not spooky. Um, he's a, he's an accomplished actor in his own right, but yeah. this, he's not. He's just not the person I would have cast for that. No, no. I mean, like he's fine, um, but he just has such little screen time in this movie that I don't think it yeah. really hurts it. He shows up for exactly three scenes. Yeah. One of those is de- it's one of the most like Reservoir Dogs at Square. They, they, oh yes, a torture scene to an older pop song. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. That's like happy and oh man, wow, what a what a movie. Um, what was I going to talk about? Also, sorry, just like another similarities. You know what other movie has a plot where two guys going from like a robbery gone wrong trying to escape the police interrogate or like not interrogate but grab uh, some hostages in their family rv and force them to drive them to mexico what movie uh from dusk till dawn by robert rodriguez starring quentin tarantino it just keeps coming up it keeps happening (laughs) Whew, yeah i mean that movie that movie's something else but i think one of my favorite parts about this movie is honestly it's it's slowness um yeah it's it and I love that about its um discount Tarantino-ness is that it it actually is like it's just slow enough for me to enjoy it and it's not just trying to like bombard me with fifty thousand things at once. Yeah. It's just like, oh wow, look at how it's it's a lot of it's just like, you know, beautiful scenery. Um just being like, this is New Mexico. Or yeah. but you know what the movie calls New Mexico, because I'm pretty sure the entire thing was filmed in Utah. Yeah. Um, you know, like this is Utah and I'm like, wow, this is much nicer than what I remember Utah looking like on my drive through Utah, <laughs> except for when they go through Zion Canyon, that part, I was like, Hey, I know Zion Canyon anyway. Yep. They filmed, um, almost exclusively in Utah. Yeah. I and was... then they did film in Nevada. Did they, I don't, they did not film in New Mexico at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, the movie also barely takes place in New Mexico. Yeah, so it's fair. the name is kind of really the only because the, the final shootout takes place in the town called Truth or Consequence, New Mexico. Not even like um, in town, just like at yeah. somebody's house outside of that town. And like you see a, a, a sign saying the name of it. And I think they probably mentioned it to the like the police mentioned at one point, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's honestly more picked to have like a like a theme name man because yeah. i mean this movie tries to be oh boy it tries to be like man you see we got a theme with Kiefer sutherland's quarter and like oh, luck dude quarter's so dumb. <laughs> the quarters he has this like lucky quarter that his i don't know it's not even like mr krabs's first dime or anything like it doesn't even have that <laughs> level of significance it's just like somebody told him about the plot to like a twilight zone episode and he was like Dude, that's awesome, dude. I'm going to keep this quarter just in case it gives me mind-reading powers, bro. Uh, wow. Yeah. And like, it's only mentioned, like, he, he does it at the beginning of the scene in the discount tipping scene. Like, they have a, what is their conversation about? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, but it's but it's obviously just. Yeah. It was, like, it's, you know, some talking about some aspect of pop. Yeah. Of just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. culture. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but it was but, so discount tipping 
during that he he's doing the quarter thing and then at the very end for the big shootout he's doing it and that's mm-hmm. the only mention of it yeah um quick thing i when we were watching this movie i managed to get like two like two relatively you know not obscure predictions i wasn't just like there were a couple other ones i predicted but they were like obviously you know pretty obvious mm-hmm. mainly there was one that i predicted um i was just sitting there when they get into the um <laughs> when they get to to Tony Vago and they like sit down and the the moment he said oh, yeah. I thought you people were smarter than that I'm like he's going to say the n word yep and then he <laughs> and does. then within 2 seconds he says the n word and I was like whoa <laughs> and I can vote it was true and then the other one this was just one of those things where I make a dumb joke and then it happened to be true um when because Marcus is phoning, um, he's phoning the feds to, you know, yeah. say that this is going, like, just to give them an update and to bring lots of backup. And Raymond wakes up and sees him on the phone. And Raymond's like, what are you doing on the phone? He's like, nothing, man. I wasn't doing anything on the phone. Raymond's like, do you better call your buddy? And then he, I'm like, yeah, I was just calling my mother. And then he's like, yeah, I was checking on my mother, like, in the movie. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I have the quarter that allows me to read minds. <laughs> Well, if anyone says they just want to talk to you, don't trust them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that's, a reference to the movie. That's a whole thing in the movie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, wow. Yeah, like, I had I had a lot of fun with this movie. Yeah, there's... The characters, like... I mean, obviously, most of them aren't likable, but... Once They're entertaining. You, yeah, they... Once you get, like, you get to know them, you kind of understand everyone's dynamic, and it's it's a good... Like, the, the mix is good. And I, I was I was saying how it could I felt like it should be like a sitcom premise where it's like these guys and their hostages and this and this <laughs> undercover cop and it's just every episode it's them in their RV you know doing like nothing but it's just them yeah that, I would that, watch it, that yeah <laughs> so would I that's I mean because like the the whole thing with Gordon is just him slowly over time he just like ooh ooh power i want power yeah Ooh, gun i want to play with a gun Ooh, and he's just the worst and i love it yeah he's basically martin freeman's character from the first season of fargo um (laughs) just kind of like the nobody who gets corrupted by this by agents of chaos yeah oh man like Kiefer makes this this speech at the beginning of say cops are the good guys their job is to catch (laughs) me i'm the bad guy my job is to not get caught, and I'll do whatever I want. I need to, to win this game. And then Gordon just starts repeating that at the end. Yeah, yeah, that and was he, that was dumb. That wasn't yeah. like that was just like wow, you guys, you get it. He's been, he's not the same man he was when he was sitting on that blanket eating wine and cheese with his girlfriend, dude. It's he's changed, man. Remember when Kiefer Sutherland danced in this movie? Yes. Because <laughs> I can't stop remembering it. it I don't ever want to. It was so good. Man. Uh, Honestly, okay. The soundtrack for this movie? Pretty good, in my pretty opinion. Pretty dang good. As somebody, and mainly because I love, um, I just love 1990s, you know, 1997. Good. It's just like the late, mid-late 90s. And it's got a relatively just generic soundtrack, but I specifically loved um, 
I think it was for the ending sequence that they played a Van Morrison song. Mm. And I was like, ah, I love Van Morrison. Uh, it's just, oh man. And it was such good. I love the, like the last just sequence of, you know, everything, like, even though <laughs> the ending of this movie is kind of dumb. Yeah. I, I liked, I just liked the, like the camera just like, you know, panning out and then just like showing us this like house burning down in the middle mm. of nowhere while this kind of slow, sad music plays. Yeah. Cause um, like in the end, well, everyone, everyone dies except the DEA agent, the undercover agent. And like, the and the the couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon and what was Ad, the... no, not Eddie. Oh my um, goodness, I feel really Dor- bad. Doris, Donna. Donna, Gordon, and Donna are fine. Yeah, but Raymond, bah. Kiefer Sutherland, bah. Addie, bah, bah. <laughs> All gone. Why did Martin Sheen show up with like a shotgun in his suit and tie? yeah yeah the i'm sh- not gonna lie i didn't even realize that he was an assassin until that last scene i thought he was the crime boss and that he just like i don't know like getting his hands dirty very dirty yeah and the torture scene yeah <laughs> i love the torture scene because like it just happens so fast like there's not a lot of build-up to it it's like oh there's gonna be a torture scene and then like two seconds later he's like cutting the guy's finger off and you're like Ee! yeah and then, and then it's over. Him. Yeah, it's like that. that it's kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say that there's there's a lot of elements in this movie that are kind of like, on one hand, Marcus being an undercover cop added a bit more tension, but it never actually impacts the story at all. Yeah. Like he doesn't let the couple know because he doesn't trust them. There's only, and he doesn't like. There's no scene where he almost gets almost gets found out until the very end. Yeah. Um. There's really no reason for that. They also they at the beginning they kill an undercover cop. Mm, yeah. I just feel like I don't know. They just that's just something that doesn't go any like they could have completely gotten rid of any undercover cops in this movie. Yeah. Why? Especially because they're like. Why would they have an undercover cop with these like three goons? Like, what did they even like? Was yeah. it a sting? Was the other undercover cop at the at the other place? Like, where did Marcus know about that other? Was it going to be a full sting operation? Were they just going to get? Were they going to get Eddie? Or like, and it's just not super clear about that. And it's not, you know, just felt frivolous. Yeah. As a result, Kiefer Sutherland looks like Adam Savage in this. Like yeah. early Mythbusters oh. episodes, Adam Savage. Wow! Like the mustache, the hair. It's the yeah. I can kind of see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's not a great. I'm gonna be honest. Not a great look on him. I think. I don't know. I I kind of liked it, but I think it's just because I like facial hair. Um, I I was glad to see Kiefer Sutherland with a mustache because he's never had that in any of the uh, any uh no, he's just been kind of like stubbly. You're right. And everything else, like the most he had was when he was a vampire. Like he had some in when he was a vampire in Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, I don't think he had any in Killing Time. No, but, he didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't like his look, but I also thought it fit his character. Yeah. So I have to like that aspect. 
Yeah, I mainly, I mainly liked his his look because it just added to the garish 90s-ness mm-hmm. of the movie, like especially during the opening um, drug heist scene where he's got like his bright red sunglasses on and his yeah. like big coat on and it's like, yes. And then he like pulls out his two guns and just turns <laughs> dual wielding pistols and like jumping around the sheet like, boom, boom, boom. And you're like, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but he he his two guns are a revolver and just like a regular pistol and like a nine bold choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember because I was I remember him mentioning um it was this is a what was it? It was a nine millimeter. It was a specific. Just, yeah, yeah, that's brand. true. It's the same. It was like a earlier model of the same uh, gun that mm. Kiefer Sutherland uses as Jack Bauer in Twenty Four. Oh, fun fact. Wow, that's not fun at all. <laughs> that's weird. Um, speaking of, now I wanna I, I wanna think about uh the Killing Time for a bit here, just because I remember in Do that movie Kiefer also had a specific. He had a Luger for some reason. Yeah, though it was like his grandpa's from like the war. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. Just like why would you? Just a weirdly specific gun. It's a bad movie. We're talking about a decent movie today i call it good i call it good yeah you know um especially compared to everything else we've seen. especially compared to everything else we've seen on this podcast yeah but uh no you know just the, the, the action is intelligible yeah it's not like it's, young guns where i'm sitting it's not going, over the top there's yeah. not it's it doesn't rely too heavily on its action yeah and it's not it's also not like ridiculously gory for the most part. Like, yeah, there's a couple of like mainly the opening scene where Kiefer so like, you know, puts, yeah. a bolt, puts a bullet in a guy's head and you're like, whoa. And, you know, people get some chest wounds and stuff. But for the most part, it's that's like the majority of the gun violence in the movie is in that opening scene. And then the rest of it happens in the ending scene. Yeah. I just had a fun time watching unpredictable Kiefer just like explode into manic rage and shoot everyone. I don't know. Yeah. That's that was, yeah. those were my favorite parts. Like when they when the deal goes bad and yeah. they're in the office and he opens the briefcase and he's like pretending to like be like this sniveling little guy who wants to like make it up to the guy and he pulls out both his guns and he's like <laughs> that was screaming. Great. Yeah, like <laughs> Everybody's like, What are you doing, you <laughs> idiot? And he's like, Duh, it's just the way of the jungle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> It's killing me Everyone killing knows me. the rules of the game. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, um, I kind of want to talk about about Marcus. Okay. Um, and his his character. Yeah. As a stereotype. Yeah. Um, like they do, they do kind of explain it in the movie. Uh, for context, Marcus, uh, Marcus is black, and in this movie. A lot of the time, he is playing a very, like, cartoonishly stereotypical, you know, black gangster. Um, yeah. Like he's he... got all the, like, the arm movements where he's, like, crossing his arms and he's, like, <laughs> you know, like, pointing at things with, both, with like, open hands. And he's like, yo, what? Yeah, he's, like, not smart. Yeah, he's got, like, a, a, like a, a do-rag on and, you know, like, a big baggy coat and some sweatpants. Um... And it just, eh, I think overall it did end up taking away from the movie, even though they do, I think, like, it is 
kind of explained within the movie that it because he's an undercover cop, he's just an undercover cop doing a bit to get the yeah. other people to like be with him. But also he could have just not. He could have just mm-hmm. not. It just could have not been in the movie. And it would have been and there wouldn't have been wouldn't have had to listen to Kiefer say the phrase slave mentality. Yeah. Um, that was not that was like that's like moment. early on in the movie and I'm like, oh man. Oh no, please don't tell me the whole movie's gonna be like this. Please don't tell me that this whole movie is just gonna be the worst parts from Tarantino movies. Wasn't any feet in this movie to that no. point. Oh yes. Not a single foot. <laughs> They didn't even walk on feet. They had these little wheels they rolled around on. (laughs) They really wanted to get get away from that Tarantino legacy. Yeah. Everyone Um, just wearing Heelys. But you know what was gross in this movie? Every time Raymond and his girlfriend Addie lock eyes, they kiss. But it's not just like... You know, I'll kiss on the lips. Like they just start mad. Oh, it was just it was in bad. public, in the diner, in their bedroom, everywhere. They're just, they're just, just so horny the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, I want to say get a room, but like they did, and it's still bad. Yeah, I mean, well, mainly because their room was so close to everybody else. There's one yeah, like there scene was... where it's a sex scene between Raymond and Addie. And then it immediately cuts to like Donna and yes. Gordon like lying with their eyes open. Like I definitely <laughs> thought that they were saying that they were in the same room. That's the yeah, same. No. Which honestly, that I'd I'd buy it. That that's Raymond yeah. and Aunt Eddie style. Yeah, I mean, like they don't care. It seemed like a bit of that, but then I, I think what they were going for was that it was a, you know, it's a contrast, dude. Like here's these criminals who have like started a murder spree across the country and they're having the best night of their lives and then these two poor innocent people what do they get they're just lying on the ground pissed at each other you know man it's like it really says something you know yeah man another fun fact there's another sutherland involved yes, in this movie i saw Rachel that sutherland. in the credits any she, relation yes she is his sister uh, she's apparently she's a TV producer, but ah. for this film, she I have it written down. She play she she fills a few different roles. Yeah. Uh, she is a costumer, a second assistant prop master, and a grip. So nice. Family biz. Family biz. I'm just and I'm just really glad it's not like a hugely embarrassing vanity project or something. Yeah. It's actually like an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like this is. This is like this is a this is a movie that I like enjoyed watching. Yeah, this was a movie that I don't regret paying four ninety nine to rent on Google Play. Ooh, I paid three ninety nine on Google. I think Play, I might so have I put, like, paid that. Yeah, because I I, I decided know. we looked at it and you know Dante and I just like looked at each other and said, "Are we gonna do this in high definition for this movie from nineteen ninety seven? Yeah. For one extra dollar, and then I just decided to go standard, and that's good. Maybe, you know, maybe the movie's yeah. boundary, you know, genre breaking, world changing. If you buy it for high definition, but I, I love the scenes in this movie where it's just kind of the car driving, and it's just them in the car. Yeah. <laughs> 
or like in the RV, but specifically when when they've moved on to cars and stuff, because it's just like these hilarious images of like this like average couple and then four gangs, like four low rate <laughs> criminals just shoved in the back. <laughs> yeah. Also, can we talk about how Kiefer Sutherland's best friend in the movie who was killed by Tony Vago, his best friend's name was Q-Tip? Wait, what? There's the part when he kills when he kills Tony Vago, he's just like This is for killing my best friend, Q Tip. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. And I'm like, dude. I think I only but remember I, it because we had subtitles on. I just remember reading Q Tip and was like I can I can buy them being named Q Tip. I I can buy him knowing someone named Q Tip though. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That checks it, out. Oh, it that makes tracks. sense. One hundred percent. But it's just funny. <laughs> so was this movie a Kiefer? Oh yeah, definitely a Kiefer. Dante, what say you? Yeah, I'd say so for once. Like, okay, I guess I should add some context. I've been watching all the movies for this podcast. I've just never been on. So I mean, I've watched some crappy movies alongside y'all. He's been through it. And this one was much much better. So you say it's a Kiefer? Yeah. I say it's a Kiefer. Wonderful. It's definitely a Kiefer. Okay. Moving on to Amazon plot keywords, everyone's <laughs> favorite part of the show. Yeah, my so favorite. Is, Amazon uh, definitely has the plot keywords, not that other service that we to use. To be fair, Amazon does own IMDb, so oh, shut up. So really? The real truth or consequences in New Mexico was the plot keywords we made along the way. Yeah. So the following is the top 25. Top 25. Yes, this is our longest episode ever. Um, no, the following is, our, is the top five. Plot keywords for Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, wow. on IMDb. Neo Noir, directed by Star. Okay. Ex Convict, mm-hmm. Drugs, Robbery. This has been IMDb Plot Keywords. Wonderful. Thank you. Moving, Moving on to Amazon reviews. All right, I got some. Um, Great. I'm I'm gonna go with. I might just do. Um, I'm gonna do four in a row. You know okay. what, whatever. These are Do all five-star reviews, okay? Do it. September 3rd, 2019. I the This is the title. I believe the term is that it's a sleeper, semicolon, a great movie that not a lot of people know about. I liked all the characters, exclamation point. Have watched this almost a dozen times over many years. It's not that good. <laughs> the good guys are bad, but the bad guys are really bad. Also has a love story in the whole mess. That's it. That's the whole review. Well, that it really did something for them. (laughs) This next one comes to us from Red Rum. Uh, Five stars. Mounts to to spokes and hub. July 25th, 2018. Love this movie. Decent storyline. Execution is feeling drawn out with the helping of forgettable lines and improper use of a... That's it. It ends there. I think they were murdered. I think they were murdered while they were writing this. Martin Sheen came to their house and killed them while they were trying to review this movie. Oh, he cut off their fingers so they couldn't type. But they still gave it five stars. Yeah. Um, Five stars. Kiefer. Yep. September 2nd, 2017. Kiefer Sutherland is best of actors. Yes. In this one, he shows he can direct also. 
<laughs> That's it. Next That's one. Coming to us from Robert D. 5150. Five stars. Keffer Southerland. <laughs> <laughs> June 14th, 2014. This movie is action from start to finish. A lot of crazy things in this movie. Rod Steiger is a crime boss, got roped off, and then... <laughs> but it's good. That's a lot of question marks after then. Yeah, it's it like... It really is. It's, it's like eight. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get some... I, I don't know if we can top any of those. Um, actually, never mind. We got a uh, we got a uh, we got a uh, banger from P Lad. Okay. Um, <laughs> back in June, back on June fifteenth, twenty sixteen. Uh huh. He gave it five stars. The title of this review is five stars. Husband loved it. Wow. Thank you, P Lad. Um, here's another one. Fabulous Kiefer, from L. Mwechlin <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I'm really sorry. If, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm, I think that's, um, that's it. April 19th, 2007. For anyone who likes Kiefer Sutherland, this movie is a must to own. I was not only impressed with his character, but equally de- <laughs> equally impressed with his <laughs> dirketting of this film. <laughs> Actually, I feel this is one of the best roles I have seen him perform. Actually, sorry, just to say, talk about the movie. Um, Kiefer does a lot of crazy stuff in this movie, but yeah. like, maybe it's just because in every other movie we've seen him in, like he's the only good part. And I think that just cause like he's in this movie, he's not the center of the movie. Yeah. And it's good. Like, yeah. Like he's not, he's feels... not the center, but he's also not like some side character that's only in like a quarter of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, I don't know, even though his character is like absolutely crazy and goofy, it still feels you know, like a, a character in this in this world. All right, I'm gonna go check the one star reviews now. Let's yeah, let's get some oh, controversy. There's only one in the one star one, and it's not it's not good. It's bad. All right, here we go. Two stars. Brain out. Why did they make this movie? <laughs> one can't help but think that the purpose of this movie was to answer a film project home requirement in college. (laughs) The town didn't have anything to do with the movie, okay, was just the destination. Kinda over the top to use the town's name for the movie's theme. It only manages to be preachy. I think maybe they were trying to do a character study of how bonding with one's kidnapper works or other such philosophical angles. The acting is okay, maybe even good. Casting is okay, and they do work as a team slash ensemble, but the script is mediocre at best. Maybe on purpose to show that crime isn't fun at all. <laughs> Maybe that's why big name stars like like Rod Steger and Martin Sheen signed on for bit parts. But it comes off as a movie you'd show to high school students to teach them why crime doesn't pay. Eh, that movie already exists. It's called Brotherhood of Justice. <sighs> <Yeah>. <sighs> A little too Get heavy with that message. No, it was it was not heavy. Anyway, pacing was not good. We shouldn't make movies that glamorize crime, to be sure, but we don't need to need to make them so boring that the message isn't learned. All right. Yeah, I got a sorry to interrupt our negativity train, but I got a I got a four star review from Wahash Wahashahabaga. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Four stars. Nice. 
I've liked the movie since it came out, and I haven't seen it in a while. Still seems to be one of the best drug-buying and fail-selling movies there is. That was not, I don't remember that in the plot keywords, but apparently it's a drug-buying and fail-selling movie. Uh-huh. That's my favorite genre, actually. <laughs> um, I think we close it out with Charles Reckling. Okay. Five-star review. Actually, no, wait. Mm. I, 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 how about we close it out with that, but I've got another two-star here. Okay. Um, Two stars. Okay, movie. Wrong time. October 3rd, 2003. Truth or Consequences, New Mexico was a good movie. But by 1997, when this movie came out, people are just tired of all this post-Tarantino-esque movies. Honestly, this criticism for a guy coming from 2003... I could see like really yeah. not liking this movie. Honestly, um, part of me, for me, part of the charm is like it's just, you know, absolutely, you know, just like the late night '90s T like movie it's, that was it's very of that era. And if you're yeah. in that era, it's probably just going to be like, oh my god, stop with this already. Or like just coming out of that era. But uh, you know, it's aged aged well for this particular fan of niche interests. Um. This movie came up, people are just tired of all the post-Tarantino-esque... Is that a... Is that a Q or a P? That's a P. That is a P. Okay, never mind. The post-Tarantino-esque movies. <laughs> this had the basic plot. Robbery gone bad. Criminals fight with each other. One of the guys is an undercover cop. Mob wants them. FBI want them. And of course, one of the mob guys is a deranged psycho. Martin Sheen in this movie. And of course, the big shootout at the end. The action and violence is really well done. Opening shootout and the ending shootout is great and really makes up for the rehash plot. Vincent Gallo was just wrong for the part. He wasn't isn't a great actor to begin with, but you just didn't care for him or the love of, of for, or the love of he had for his girlfriend. <laughs> the closing sequence just didn't get me as it should have. Martin Sheen is not believable as psycho finger cutting mob main bag man. You could not you could you just could not take this scene seriously. Rod Steger has a small role as a crime boss and puts on a scene-stealing performance. Uh, this is me add, adding on to it, where he says some slurs and gets killed, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, worth renting, but not worth putting in your collection. Yeah, that's fair. If you like gory shootouts, then this movie is for you, though. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Charles Reckling coming in with a rebuttal. Five stars. Martin Sheen, still the one. I can watch his acting all day long. Great yes. chops. CR slash LVNV. I don't know what that means. That's interesting. It is. Wow. That, Welcome you know, to the He's a Keeper think, ARG. <laughs> We're actually writing all these reviews. They don't actually exist. And uh, now you have to go back and analyze all of them the clues are all there detectives well it's up to you this has been amazon reviews thank you amazon reviews writers your wisdom will always be close to my heart it's true moving on to kefir news kefir news it's a light week in kefir news i thought we needed an intro to make up for the light week i liked it so uh netflix put out its list of uh top 10 most binge shows Mm-hmm. And uh, Designated Survivor, starring number one, baby. Sutherland, was number 10. Oh, dang it. But it's in there. But it's, it's in there. there. That's yeah. pretty good. What do we got? Then we got Santa Clarita Diet, 
the Sabrina new one, the Jessica Jones one. That's a good. I like that show. Jessica Jones. A lot of first people season, watched I've only Umbrella seen. Academy. What? Sorry. I. I mean, like, I haven't seen it, so I don't know the quality of it. But it's just like, you know, Umbrella Academy. I remember when that came well, out. What? What's there to say? It's an Academy about umbrellas. It's not that hard to use an umbrella, <laughs> idiot. And Gun. then Punisher. Just gonna skip number four. Yep. Orange is the new black. Uh, Lucifer didn't hear about that one. And I hear then, it's pretty good, but like the whole sh- point is, oh, he the devil, and no one understands that he's Lucifer. His name is that. He uh, has weird powers, huh. and they're like, what? Huh? That's uh-huh. all I know about that. That sounds enjoyable. And then this stranger things. What is that? Why is that on this list? Never heard of it. Strag? No. I don't think you pronounced it right, but whatever. I don't care. Mm. I have to figure it out. Looks teens in the 1980s. Who would want to watch that? I don't know. Hollywood's wacky. Well, this has been key for news. This has been key for news. Glad people are watching Designated Survivor because that means. Yeah. When I get around to watching it, I'll be ready. Wait, how does that? How does that mean that? What? You said you said, <laughs> so you said you're glad people are watching it, so that when you get around to watching it, you'll be ready. I'm not. No, maybe I don't know why I edited it like that. Osmosis. No. Yeah. Well, because you know, no, it just means that like people have seen this and it, it i could actually talk with them about it oh, okay. and they might know what i'm talking about like for example um at the house that that dante and i live at you know the one guy somebody's seen it here and i was able to talk with them about it, it was pretty good it's good nice. i was like oh wow you've seen Kiefer sutherland on heaven show speaking of designated survivor and having seen it yeah so some uh, update on this on this very podcast you're listening to. So next week, uh, there won't be any new episodes just because we're both very busy with school stuff. So, but I'll do Jade. it by myself. Yes, I'll Dante. Myself. Dante's new new show new new host. He's a keeper. Just him. Just him. Wow. So, where are we stand? Where are we thinking? What are we thinking on designated December? Let's let's send it, dude. I full send. Let's full send. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm looking up how many episodes are in the first season. So we can split it up. At least eight. I mean, you're not incorrect. Woo. Twenty-one. So we split it up into seven episodes a week for three weeks. <laughs> I mean. Or five episodes a week for four weeks. And yes, then, let's do that. And then one week of six. Let's do that. Sounds okay, so, so two weeks. In two weeks, we'll be talking about the first five episodes of season one of Designated Survivor. Four. Designated December. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so let's let's wrap up. So thank you to Kaya for our awesome artwork. Uh, go check out her stuff in the description. Uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music, sax, rock and roll. Check out those links in the description. Thank you, Dante, for being on our podcast, being our first guest. Thanks for having me. 
I've been watching all these movies. I finally get to talk about them. Finally, you can just let it out. Yes. All my pent up frustration. <laughs> just, just tell us, what, what's your opinion on Marmaduke? Oh God. Um, Marmaduke. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a that's a a big question to ask of a man. Or anyone. Open a big can of worms. (laughs) Ask someone just out of the blue. Because there's so much I could say, but not on short notice. I hated it. (laughs) So look forward to next week, uh, Dante's uh, six hour rant. Yes. On On Marmaduke. Marmaduke. (laughs) Marmaduke, too. We don't say these kinds of things, Jaden. Guess what? Okay, but guess what movie? Is on Disney Plus. What movie? The Wild. <sighs> I guess I gotta get a Disney Plus subscription now, huh? Yeah. Guess mm-hmm. I gotta go lick boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, guess what? I was also looking at, you know, because one of my friends has it, and we were just—I was looking through the catalog. I was like, man, they got this on there, and then I searched, and I was like, oh, dang, they actually have it. And uh, you know, so I looked up. Uh, they have Valiant on there, Zach. Do you remember Valiant? Like the comic company? No, like the animated movie from the early two thousands about the birds in World War Two. Oh the yeah, pigeons, yeah, 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 I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. on there because Disney, like Disney, didn't make it, but Disney like um, distributed it. So here they are distributing it, and it's got like the Disney logo on it for some reason. You're just like, but this is a this isn't even made by like Disney Animation. So go follow us on Twitter. <laughs> At HAKpod um, for all your uh, latest and greatest me tweeting out whenever I upload or whenever the mm-hmm. the new episodes go live. Um, we got to start engaging more. Start putting our I sometimes on. retweet interesting Kiefer stuff, so go follow that. Ooh, yeah. I'm for, desig- for designated serv- designated hey. December. We're going to get some branding now for that. That's going to be... <laughs> We're going to do something. It'll be great. There'll be maybe a graphic or something. Yeah, yeah. Listen, school's very busy, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't argue You just that. can't. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Jaden Cron. I've been Zachary LaDuke. I've been Dante Regeer. And, and this has been He's, He's a, a keeper. keeper. He's a Keeper. this what is this ad i'm seeing on my facebook i'm trying to decrypt this image zachary it's an ad for something like it's like it's t-shirts but i can't tell what's on the t-shirts